started. Life is wild, but God is good. You know, I could probably ask the audience, ask the congregation here right now, why is life wild? Why is life wild in your mind? What's going on in your life? Because I think there's always something wild going on in our lives, in our communities, in the world around us. Maybe it's with your families. Maybe it's with your distant families. And I thought as I was writing this out about the mass shootings, the floods, the earthquakes, the tornadoes, the winds, the strong straight-line winds that devastated much of Chetek and Barron and other communities across Wisconsin. There's always tragedies going on. Life is wild. And then I think about this Psalm 37 that we're going to be in today, and I think about the billionaires, the millionaires, and so many people around the world who are not believers, not worshiping God like they should, not giving God the glory as they should, not living according to God's ways, and yet they seem to have it made sometimes. They're prospering in ways that maybe you only dream to be prospering, and yet you're living according to God's ways. You're trying to live for Him and glorify Him with your life. And sometimes we look around the world and we just think it's not fair. Or we feel like there's no hope as we maybe become a little bit envious of others, a little bit depressed or upset that so-and-so has this, so-and-so has that. And look what I have. Look how hard I have to work for the little bit that I seem to get. I made a joke my first time around starting this sermon that some of the farmers and some of you hard workers look at me too and they say, wow, I wish I had your job. You, you only have to work one day a week. I know that's the joke about pastors. I'm good with it. But seriously, life is wild. Sometimes you may just wish that you were somewhere else, someone else, or maybe in a different place figuratively with your family, with your job, with your finances, with your children. I'm sure you've had these envious thoughts of desires like I'm mentioning to you. But we need to remember that God can be praised at all times. God can be thanked in all times, and we need to choose thankful at all times. But how is God to be treated amidst all this darkness, all this difficulty, all this stress? At these times, in all these times, we must remember this. Life is wild, but God is good. And maybe it's just a little example. Maybe we can take this vacation Bible school example of war. Life is wild, God is good, and maybe we just need war every once in a while. Maybe Satan needs to hear us say that. Maybe the world needs to hear us do that. Now, don't do it in their face. That might scare them away a little bit. But maybe somebody's being mean to you, and figuratively, you just need to go, Roar! Get out of my way, right? Life is wild, but God is good. You see, we're going to wrap up our three-week series today, this three-week mini-series on thankfulness and choosing thankful as we're in this bigger series, Songs of Summer, studying the Psalms. But right now, I'm going to read from Psalm 37. And if you want to follow along with me, it's verses 1 through 8 in your Bibles. You can turn there. Verses 1 through 8 of Psalm 37. We've been in this series based off 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16, 17, and 18. It says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. As you're turning, Psalm 37, verse 1 through 8, I'll remind you, life is wild. But even when everything seems against you, evil seems to be in control and prospering, you can still choose to be thankful. 
God is good. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Psalm 37, verse 1 through 8, we read this. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. He'll bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. In verse 8, which I forgot to put up there, it's refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, it tends only to evil. Pay attention to that last part. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Leave it all behind. Fret not yourself. Why? Because fretting only tends to evil, leads to evil. Thank you for following along. If we're honest with ourselves, I'm going to go back to kind of this main theme of the day. Life is wild, but even when everything seems against you, evil seems to be in control and prospering, you can still choose to be thankful because God is good. God is good. Choose thankful. But if we're honest with ourselves and what we have been talking about, we have a lot of emotions and desires and struggles. We're envious, and we have desires for what other people have. We often look at their lives, and we compare ourselves, and maybe you come up with these thoughts, if only I would have done this, if only I did that, if only I would have gone to college, if only I would have gone to more college, if only I wouldn't have done this as a teenager or that as a teenager. We have a way of looking to our past, and our past has a way of preventing us from moving into the future that God wants us to be. And that's where we're at here in Psalm 37. David is going to be telling us not to fret over what these evildoers, these wicked, are prospering with. Because their time will come. Oftentimes it seems as if the righteous suffer while unbelievers prosper. And it leaves us to ask, why is life so unfair? And the problem with this is it can lead our life, it can lead us to not appreciate what we have. This type of attitude can prevent us from being thankful to God for the life we have and from being content. But not just that, as we're not content with our life, as we're thinking, why God, why God, why do I have to do this, why do I have to do that, why do the evil have this, why do the wicked have this, why do those who aren't even serving you, glorifying you with their life, have all this stuff? We want this stuff. It's as if we're saying, we don't trust God to know what's best for us. We don't trust God that he's really in control. Because it seems like the evil is in control. Psalm 37 has a message about trusting God. And committing our ways to him as an answer to our enemies. And everything they represent. This psalm tells us there's no need to be envious of what our enemies accomplish. If we delight ourselves in God, he will give us the desires of our hearts. But here's the thing. Our hearts now desire God. So that's what he's giving us. That's what we're blessed with. We're blessed with this desire to know God. We're blessed with this ability to know God 
intimately with this relationship that never ends. For all of eternity, we have hope and we have a purpose because of that. But the evildoers, the wicked, they don't know God. They don't know the hope that you have. You have things that they only dream of. We can remain thankful in life because the answer to fretting, worry, and dealing with enemies is God himself. God is good. Life is wild, but God is good, and we need to choose thankful. Now, it obviously bothered David greatly to see the wicked prospering in so many ways. Now, back in the Old Testament, there were different ways that the blessed, those who served God, those who glorified God, those, those who, who had a relationship with God, there's different ways they were blessed. They were blessed both physically in material things, but then they would also be blessed in spiritual things. Now, we today, we're not blessed. We're not, we're not promised that by this relationship with Christ, we're all going to be millionaires. We're not promised that from our relationship with Christ, we're going to have fruitful crops all the time, and nothing wrong is ever going to, nothing is ever going to go wrong with us. But we are blessed with this relationship with God all through Jesus Christ. God is good, and we can thank him all the time because of Christ Jesus being in our life. David knew how difficult it is to not fret everything that's going on around us. But he still remembers God is good. And David writes this great psalm to give us some of the wisdom that he's learned through his struggles. If you find yourself greatly struggling with the wicked prospering, there are several things we see in this passage that we can do. But first, I want to give you this, because it goes along. Like I said, Vacation Bible School starts tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening. And we're talking about this very topic. God is good. When life is unfair, God is good. When life is scary, God is good. When life is sad, God is good. When life changes, God is good. When life is good, God is good is good. And I think we need to remember that very last one especially. When life is good, God is good. Life is good because God is good and because he gives you everything you have. We need to thank him for everything we have, but we need to remember that we're never alone. And when life is wild, God is still good. So I want to look to this psalm one more time as we look to a few principles that you can see how to praise God and how to trust God and how to choose to be thankful amidst all the struggles of life, amidst all the problems, how wild it is. Let me read this one more time. Verse 1. Fret not yourself because of evil doers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. He'll bring forth your righteousness as the light, and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. And refrain from anger, and forsake wrath. And fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. You see, there's great wisdom in this psalm for our lives. As we look to all the things around us that seem to go wrong, all the ways that life is wild, and all the ways that at times evil seems to be prospering. And maybe 
at times you find yourself wishing you had a little bit of what they had. We have some great advice. But first, we need to remember this. There is evil and unjust everywhere. There is evil and unjust everywhere. And you can't read this psalm without getting that, that overwhelming feeling that David is just... David is just overwhelmed by all the evil that's all around him in the world. And we get the same way. We get overwhelmed, especially when in, in a week we see mass shootings in Dayton, Ohio, in El Paso, Texas. And I'm sure there's shootings all over the world. And yet we only hear about some, but still, that's enough. There's evil and unjust everywhere. But sometimes the evil is not so obvious. Sometimes it's not a mass shooting, a crime. Racism, sexism, politics, or anything else that you may think of as being dark and evil and obvious, sometimes the evil is you. Sometimes the evil is within ourselves as we find ourselves envious or full of desires for what other people have. Sometimes it's jealousy. Sometimes it's rage or other emotions, which we have been talking about throughout this entire series our emotions must stay in check. And sometimes that's even the good emotions that are filled with emotions like joy. We must remember where our joy comes from. We must remember that God is good all the time. I'm not good all the time. You're not good all the time. Your friend's not good all the time. Your mom's not good all the time. Kids, your dad's not good all the time. But God is good all the time. We must walk throughout this life with eyes open, both eyes open, focus on God and the hope that he gives us through Christ Jesus. And we need to focus on our walk that we have through this narrow walkway of the righteous ways of God. We need to make sure that we remember verses like Philippians 3.13, which says, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Or 1 Corinthians 9.26, so I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. And you know many other verses, but here's the point. Satan wants to do nothing more than to separate you from the path that God wants you to follow. Satan wants to do nothing more than to separate you from him. Satan wants you to focus on all these other things of the world. He wants you to focus on the things that maybe you think you wish you had. But even that is only because we think we want it because the world tells us we should have it. We want a certain type of clothes. We want a certain emblem or logo on our chest as we're running down the road. Because that's the wor what the world tells us is cool. Oh, look at that cool clothes. Well, what makes it cool? Just because there's a logo on the front? What's the difference of it being this color or that color, but just because the logo's on it? Oh, if I only had that car... Does it really matter just because it's a BMW or a Chevy? Either way, God's blessed you with a vehicle to get from place to place. But again, we think we want stuff because the world has it, and they tell us, oh, well, you're, you're not making it in life until you're to this standard. Guys, we need to look at God's way of righteous living and his standard, and we need to throw away these other things and realize that stuff doesn't matter. But there is evil and unjust everywhere. So what do we do? <clears throat> well, here's number two. I think we need to pray for God's mercy. But as we pray for God's mercy, this one really hit me hard. We also need to pray that you are not the evildoer. And as I read this Psalm 37, as I studied it, as I meditated on it, I think that's what hit me first. And it hit me hard. 
as I'm thinking, I want to preach this to you guys about how do you deal with all the evil in life? How do you, how do you deal with all the wicked in life? But as I'm preaching this, I'm saying, oh boy, I hope there's not people out there thinking, that guy's the evil one. How do I deal with him? That guy's the wicked one. How do I deal with him? We need to say that to ourselves. We need to look to our own lives, our own ways, and how we're living. We need to pray for God's mercy. But we also need to pray that we're not the evildoer. And if we are, we pray to God and we say, Lord, please forgive me and please help me. And as we pray for God to help us, we need to give God time because he will deal with the wicked. Let's just pray that we're not the wicked. Because you don't want the promises that they have. We'll talk about that later. Fret not. The evil will be like the grass. This statement should make it easier for us to understand how good we have it. It should make us remember that the evil is temporary. But the hope of God is, for eter is eternal. It's forever and ever and ever. You see, because grass dies. Sometimes it's because we... We're spraying weeds and we get a little too much on the grass and die. Sometimes it's because we get that lawnmower out. And evil is like the grass. It can't resist the lawnmower. It has no choice but to be mowed over. The grass cannot resist or escape the mower. And neither can the wicked or evildoers escape God. We'll read a little bit later in this Psalm 37. But God laughs at the evil because he knows their days are numbered. So we need to delight in God. And all of these points are straight from Scripture, straight from Psalm 37. Don't find your eternal delights in things of this world because they're not eternal. They're things which will perish, things that will go away. They'll fade away. So don't be envious for these things that will fade away. Be envious for the ways of God. Be envious for wanting everything that He can give you and just say, Lord, I delight in you. But there's something about delighting. As we delight in God... It means we don't do it out of obligation. We don't get up, read our Bibles, and pray because we feel we have to. We do it with great joy because we get to. We have a blessing to do so. Now, it continues to say, as it's talking about, being fret as, uh, about not fretting, do not be agitated by the evil which prospers. Instead, delight in God. This agitated means as if to burn up. What is it in your life that is burning you up? What is it that you're fretting? Because if you think about that agitated and that fretting in a way of burning you up, and you think about a fire, eventually it burns and burns and it burns until there's nothing left. God doesn't want that for your life. God doesn't want you to continue burning and burning and burning until you just feel spent and you feel like you're burned up and you have nothing left. We need to delight in God and give it to God. This is your escape. This is your hope. This is how you enjoy life is by realizing you were not created to fight all this on your own. You were not created to have to deal with all of this on your own. You are not God. Maybe sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that. I'm not God. You're not God. So give glory to the God that is in control. Commit to God. Trust God. And wait for God to act. Wait for Him to act. Who or what is the first person or thing that you go to in times of need? In times of joy? In times of frustration or anger? Who do you go to? What do you go to? Because this will ultimately tell you who you trust. Is God the first 
thing you go to? Is your Bible the first thing you go to? Is prayer the first thing you go to? Is choosing to be thankful in all things and rejoicing and praying to him ceaselessly? Are these the first thing you go to? Or are you going to other people, other things? Because if so, we need to get a relationship with God right. God wants to save you, but you must commit your ways to him. Let me say that again. God wants to save you, but you must commit your ways to him. To think you know better, that you know better for your life is to say that God does not know what he is doing. Don't doubt God, guys. Don't doubt God. He's the creator of the universe. Trust God. But as you trust God, don't just give him a little. Give him everything. Don't just poke him a little bit and say, oh, I'm trusting you, I'm trusting you. Let me put my little finger on you. No, fully lean on him. Lean into him as you cast all of your burdens on him. Because he can take it. He can take it all. Cast all your worries upon him and give him your full body, your full mind, your full soul. A commitment to the God of the universe brings about everything that we could possibly need. And therefore, we need only to invest in our own lives and not desire into someone else's life. Don't desire what other people have. Just desire what God gives you and what he can continue to give you from this time forth and forevermore. The wicked may prosper in this world. But let me remind you, you are not of this world. So as Charles Spurgeon says, he says, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Because faith cures fretting. Sight is cross-eyed and views things only as they seem. Hence her envy. Faith has clearer optics to behold things as they really are. Hence her peace. We need to trust in God and have faith in him. As, as we do this, as we trust in him, we wait silently and we wait patiently for God. As we wait patiently and silently for God, one commentator said, we wait patiently on the Lord as a beggar waits for handouts. He stays there, continues to ask, continues to ask. As a student waits to be taught, as a servant waits on his master, as a traveler waits for directions, and you know what? That one got me because I thought, well, maybe you're not good at waiting for directions. But maybe you notice you get where you're supposed to go when you do wait for those directions. Or wait as a child waits for his parents. As you do these things, it says to refrain from anger and choose thankful. Well, I added choose thankful. But we refrain from anger and instead choose thankful. I can't tell you how many things in my life over just the past three weeks as we've been talking about being thankful in all circumstances, things have happened. And I remind myself of this verse, that 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Rejoice always, pray ceaselessly, and choose to be thankful in all circumstances. And you know, when you go about things with that mindset, everything changes. You're able to remember the good things about we can choose to be thankful because even at this time, we're not alone. We can choose to be thankful because even at this time, God is with us. You know that mass shooting in Dayton, Ohio a few weeks ago in the Oregon district? I don't remember how many people were killed, but I do remember this. I saw over the weekend a prayer visual they did. And I know the, the worship leader, the pastor who led that, and I saw the streets filled with thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people to hear the gospel of Christ. 
praise God and choose to be thankful because even in times like mass shootings, we see the glory of God. We see the hope that he brings to our life. So refrain from anger. What have you been angry about lately that maybe God is trying to tell you to give to him to worry about? What are you angry about today that maybe God's telling you, give it up. Give it up. Evil will be judged. Don't be agitated by them, but instead trust in God and the future hope that you have in Christ Jesus. Maybe the problem that you have in your life is because you're trying to handle everything yourself. Instead of realizing you're not meant to handle it on your own. I like that David reminded us here to wait patiently and wait silently on God to act. Because I think too often we don't wait patiently and we try and, can, we try and fix things on our own. And we make things worse instead of waiting for God to speak, waiting for God to act, waiting on God to handle the situation. Evil will be judged. Do not be agitated by them, but instead trust in God and the future hope that you have in Christ. I want to look to just a few of the verses that we end with here, and I meant to put them up on the screen. I didn't. So if you have your Bible open, look back down to Psalm 37, verse 9. I want you to see what the evil has coming. And this goes on and on through the very end of the chapter. But it says this. For the evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. In just a little while the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in an abundance peace. The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes his peace at him. The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes his teeth at him. But here's this, verse 13. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he sees that his day is coming. The Lord laughs at evil. The Lord laughs at the evil. Now there's a difference, though, between the Lord and us. The Lord laughs at the evil because he sees his day is coming, and the Lord is still in control. We can laugh at the evil, too. As Vacation Bible School says, we can roar. Life is wild. God is good. But we can roar because we can laugh at the evil too and we can say, we don't need it. We can say, God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. And we don't need this stuff of the world because we have something better. Let me tell you, world, what you need. Let me tell you, world, what I have. Let me tell you, world, why I can be content in all these things. Let me tell you, world, of Jesus. Let me tell you of the power of, of the cross. Let me tell you about how much God desired to have a relationship with you. That he sent his one and only son to die for you. We should thank the Lord for providing a way to deal with our worldly emotions and desires. You see, it can be difficult to find things to be great, grateful for. Sometimes it's hard to find the gratitude that you need because you just feel like evil and wickedness and things are just covering you up. But God is still good. God is still good. God commands and actively engages in battling the evil all around us. And he gives us the Holy Spirit to help us. He gives us a son to save us. Though everybody else around you might seem to be living the perfect life, the perfect wife, the perfect family, the perfect financial situation, it doesn't mean their life is better than yours. Because they might not have Jesus, and you do. 
So in these moments of frustration, it is better to allow the Lord to do his job. Allow God to be in control. And remember, again, you are not God. Our job is to live righteously, knowing that our eternal reward is better than anything we can experience on earth. So we should thank the Lord for providing a way to deal with our worldly emotions and desires. And remember that life is wild, but God is good, guys. God is good. So as we close, and we're going to close in a song, I want to have you guys, let's go ahead and stand. And the praise and worship team can come up. And as I wrap up this final time and choose thankful, I want you to repeat after me two things. First of all, we're just going to say this. I choose thankful. We made a pledge at the beginning of this series, three-week series. But have you been reminding yourself of this daily? Because if not, you need to do it now. And you need to remember to continue to do it. So on the count of three, let's just say, I choose thankful. One, two, three. I choose thankful. You see, it's not that hard. But secondly, let's say this. God is good. God is good. Thank you. Let me pray and we'll close in song. Lord, we thank you today for you are good. And even when life seems wild, when we feel like tornadoes are going through our life, floods are covering us up, and we just feel like there's mass shootings every day, and we, we don't even know sometimes if our kids can go out of the house and be safe. We worry about so much, and we try and be our own little gods and control our life. But Lord, we need to remember you are good, and you're in control of all things. And Lord, may we choose thankful as we choose to be thankful for all things because we know you are in all things. You're with us today, you're with us tomorrow, and you're with us forevermore. And we choose to be thankful because we're not alone. We choose to be thankful because we have hope and a purpose and an identity found in you. Thank you, Lord. It's in your holy and powerful name we pray now. And all God's people said, amen.